everybody. I want to thank you guys for joining us again for another episode of The Servant Leader. I'm super excited about this episode again, and I always say that, but this one is also another one that's going to be near and dear to me because about a couple of months ago, it was a flip of the script. Uh, today, we have Servant Leader Jonathan Jones. Mr. Jonathan Jones speaks himself, the two-time TED talker, man, uh, the author, the motivational speaker, but what I love most about him is he is a student athlete development consultant. And we need that so much today. So I don't want to dive into that because that honestly could be a whole nother conversation within itself. But I'm <laughs> super excited to have you here today. Your servant leadership rings so loud with just your ability to connect and join people together. So I thank you for being here. I'll pass the torch to you so you can introduce yourself and we'll get this conversation going. Excellent. Thanks so much, Coach Chelsea. Well, you know, I'm, I'm definitely grateful to be here, grateful for the opportunity and love uh, how, how God's been using you and and really been elevating your platform. Um, but, you know, as as I'm here, I mean, I'm just a servant leader. Honestly, I, I just really want to see my student athletes succeed. And I like to call them my student athletes. Sometimes I call them my little sisters and brothers, but just, just really wanting to put them in position to be successful transitioning from high school to college and then college to career. So that, I mean, that's, that's the mission. That's the journey I'm on right now. And, and, and that's just what I'm all about. And that's it right there. You do have to make it personal. I was listening to some this morning and uh, my brother and coach uh, Cabrell Huff, he's always on here supporting and we talked back and forth and we were just talking about passion this morning. That was one of the things we were just talking about this morning that when you have a passion mm -hmm. for something, it truly is you being in your purpose and moving. So when you take full ownership over the ability to guide, like you said, my little brothers and little sisters, it gives you a deeper passion in there. So first I want to talk about this TED talk. Okay. You mm -hmm. know, I see a couple of people do that here and there. It always impresses me. Can you talk a little bit about how that came to be? And then the two times that you went on there, what was your, uh, your topic of speech those days? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, the the first initial TED talk that I did, I had the opportunity just to, to speak to, it was about 800 sixth through eighth graders. And, you know, it, it, it actually started with me actually getting rejected because I applied and then I was rejected and, and then getting to see, you know, the titles of the topics who made it. It's kind of like after you get cut from the basketball team and you see the play, you're like, oh, they meant, oh, okay, yeah, I probably shouldn't have been on the team. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, had, I had no business being on the team. Um, and, and then, you know, finally getting the opportunity because I kept following up, kept reaching out. And, and then I had the opportunity to be on the stage. And, and then when I go up there, I'm the last speaker. So I'm looking around, I'm like, oh my goodness, no pressure, but there is because I'm last and we're talking about sixth through eighth graders. So it's like, how do I keep them engaged? What am I going to do? How do we make this thing really work? And I, I talked about the power of commitment. And, and even though I believe it was applicable to those students at that time, I believe this message is applicable to you, me, and all the other adults out there, all the other servant leaders out there listening, because I think it's really just the point of how committed are we to a task, to a goal, to a vision, even when we don't get to see the outcome, there's no promised outcome. So, you know, I, I shared that with them and, and and I had a couple of noises in there like a woo, woo, woo with a fire truck and... <laughs> You know, just playing with a couple of other props just to really get them engaged. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm truly grateful that, that they were engaged. They were rocking with me. And even some of them hung out until after and they wanted to tell me like, like hi and stuff like this. So that was really just an amazing opportunity. And I enjoyed it. That sounds this sounds amazing. Like you make us feel like we're there. And I think that's so inspiring and encouraging because one, let me just say this. I'm in education. And of course, in the field of education, I started out in middle school. So let me just say this. I started education and stopped education 
after I did middle school. That was mm. just not for me. And now I'm in high school and it works perfectly. But that group right there, I say that is an important group because they're not too young to understand what you're, what you're saying, but they're mm. not too old to think that they know it all yet. So we can catch them in that sweet spot. You know what I'm talking about. Uh We can catch uh them in that sweet spot. I think that's amazing to be able to do that and grab their attention and get them to that, you know, to develop those perspectives are necessary because foundation is key. You and I both know that, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and continue this conversation, man. One of the biggest drivers of people when I watch them is just their faith and tenacity and passion. And so when we talk about faith being the driver, uh, shout out to coach Don Brown, who always says that at uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. We talk about your faith. Talk to us about the foundation of your faith and how your faith drives you. Certainly. Well, well, honestly, faith is where my speaking journey actually started because it started with me having just a a tremendously negative attitude and just being ungrateful, upset, complaining about anything and everything, asking for more work hours, getting those hours and then being upset that I got the hours that I asked for. So, (laughs) uh, so, and and then getting, getting to this space of, just just being frustrated and upset because I wasn't fulfilled in where I was. And, and that was the time where, you know, I, I believe that there's a few moments that happens in each and every one of our lives to where it shifts the complete trajectory of our lives. And in and, and that, that moment, her name was Marlene. And she told me one day, just she told me about myself. She was like, Jonathan, your attitude sucks. You need to get it together. And then she left and went on vacation. And then during those three days, right, in those three days, that was the time where where God just really just drilled into me. He allowed me to see, John, you're complaining about all these things, but let's think about all the things that you really have to be grateful for. Let's think about you having the job. Let's think about, you know, you having the opportunity, you having relationships and building friends. So when she came back, that was when things began to shift because I had to let her know. I was like, Marlene, like, thank you for saying that. Because if if that never was said, then I wouldn't have been in the position to where I would be able to, to be joyful in, in all circumstances. So she helped me understand that. And then that was when I birthed something called the No Complain Campaign. And then that was when this journey of speaking really led. And, 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 and the, fa- the faith right there was the seed that just began to grow. And then God began to just continue to water me. And, and, and then, I mean, opportunities began to come, but also my perspective was shifted and my attitude definitely uh, got, got rocked, for lack of better terms. <laughs> Look, but I like that because we all need that, okay? You know, when mm-hmm, we sit here and mm-hmm. talk about that, I, shout out to Marlene, because how often do we have people in our lives that's just going to tell it like it is? You know, we you have people that try to sugarcoat it, want to mm-hmm. be your yes man, and then... No, 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 no. Sometimes you need that gut check. And so speaking of people like Marlene, you know, we hear people talk all the time about like our board of directors. Yes, Coach Mm -hmm. Huff, he's Uh right there with me. (laughs) Coach Huff was right here with me, our board of directors. And so in speaking of that, that leads me to my question. Who would be some people who sit on your board of directors and kind of help develop you into who you are and also stands here to sustain you and keep you in check uh, as Jonathan Jones speaks? Wow, uh, man. So there, there's so many people. Oh my goodness. There's so many, just like you said, the board of directors, there's so many other people that are part of the organization as well, if we'll just stay consistent with that analogy. Um, but one, one, one of the people um, who really holds me accountable is uh, my best friend, and he was my best man in my wedding. Uh, his name is Mahari Takai. And Mahari was one who, he's encouraged me just through the journey. He's pushed me. He's challenged me. We've, we've had some just 
tough conversations. So I, I would have to say him without a doubt. Um, in addition to him, I, I, I would say my father, because my father's like this big thinker, visionary. He always challenges me just to j- just to show up big and to show up authentic and just be unapologetic about failures. So I, I would say those two, um, in addition to that, there, there's another gentleman, uh, his name is Kevin Sanders. And uh, me, me and him actually started doing like a, like a husband's check-in every Sunday. So we call just to check-in, just see how things are going and see how the, how the week is going. And, and then last but certainly not least would, would be my wife. Um, her name is, is Gabby Jones. And uh, the thing I really can appreciate just about her is, you know, she, she also tells me some things that, that are tough for me to take sometimes. And, and she gives me feedback and she even has foresight because she'll tell me something and then I'll forget some time will pass some time will pass. And then other people will say the same thing that she said. So it's like she plants the seed and then those things come back around full circle. Uh, but, but, but those would be my board of directors uh, without a doubt. And I'm grateful for each and every one of them. And we all need them. And I think that's amazing. So shout out to them because it truly is working, uh, you know, in your work that you do every day and in your walk that you walk every day. So I think that is amazing. You mentioned something big that your father said, though, and you talked about showing up big. What does that mm-hmm. look like? And I say that because we're servant leaders and some of us just kind of go through the motions, whether we're coaches, mm. just our normal beings, individual selves, our student athletes, just showing up. But when we show up big, what does that mean and what does that look like? Showing up big, I think, really, really comes down to identity. And I know that's a word that gets thrown around a lot just throughout athletics. That's but I, I think there's so much power in identity. Because if, if, you, if you really think about and assess where your identity is, and like we're talking about being a servant leadership and alluded to earlier, talking about faith, my, my faith is in God, understanding that in, in God, in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, the, the triune God, just so we're clear, because it's, it's 2021, there's different things happening. True indeed. But, uh, but, but understanding that, and then in the Bible in Genesis, God lets us know that we're created in his image. So if we're, if we're created by God in his image, then we have the ability to create things as well. So I think showing up big looks like us embodying that and us taking the knowledge, the information, the IP that God has downloaded into us and us creating things. It, it look, could look like creating an impact. It could like, look like creating a program. It could look like creating a coaching, coaching culture. But ultimately, I think that's what showing up big really is all about because ultimately the things that we're creating aren't so for our own benefit most of the time we create these things that have residual benefit for the people who are coming behind us you know so you like for for instance like like you coach Chelsea like like you've been you've been coaching you've been pouring into to these young ladies into these young men and then you see them come back and they say hey coach Chelsea because your program here and because you did this and because you did that now you're getting to see it come full circle and then they impact other people and they inspire other people. So I think, I think that's what it really means to, to, to truly show up big is to show up and create something so that others will benefit from. I think that is amazing. And the parallel that you place in there, I, I mean, I didn't even know you were going to go that way with it, but I think that's a, I mean, that's amazing. If God made us in his own image mm-hmm. and he created us, mm-hmm. I love that. And you know that he's looking for us to create and not for our own self gain, mm-hmm. not to boast us up, but for that residual. And you're right. It, it is the biggest portion of being a mentor, a coach, a teacher, a leader that you can actually see that residual. You can see, okay, God, now I see why you told me to do this because now look at this. And so I'll add an extension to that is so also 
we can do those good works that as his words say that he can show up that we'll let our light so shine so that men can see the work, good works and glorify him in heaven so i think that's amazing and talking about creation you have done a lot you've done a lot and i and i'm so proud of you as i stand from afar and watch and pay attention because you have literally taken the core group uh starting with those middle school people but our young babies and you have dedicated your life to being a student athlete development consultant. And I'm going to take that word development. I'm going to tell you why. Because we have a lot of coaches and leaders who will, you know, just show up for the game. Or we won't teach mm-hmm, them the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. We want the end in mind and wonder why they can't do certain things. But the other portion of that is we don't tap into the student aspect of the student athlete. We focus so much on that athletic portion, but we forget about the student, the individual, and the person. Can you talk to us a little bit about mm-hmm. your endeavors as a student athlete development consultant, what that entails, and what your mission and goal is behind that? Yeah, so I, I, I think that's an excellent, excellent question. I think it's like an Oprah-like question. Come on, Coach Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> so um, j- just really thinking about just the the whole student right if we take the holistic approach so each and every one of these students especially if we you know look look at look at the next level like we're looking at colleges there's some students that go across country to go to an institution that they might have not otherwise had the opportunity to to take part in right in this education so thinking about those things this student might have different beliefs based on where they grew up culturally and this student might be affected in regards to mental health as well, just based on where they were brought up, where they were raised. So the the thing I always like to just think of it as is when we talk about programs, when we talk about development, when we talk about sessions and things like that, we can never take the one size fits all. uh, We can never take that approach because that like that, that's just, that's not realistic. And and honestly, that that's cheating the student athlete. So that's why every time when when I, when I go out and I connect with the organization, I connect with a program. I, I love to, if there's a student that liked the post, I'll shoot the student a DM. And, and I'll see, hey, I'm, I'm getting ready to speak here tomorrow. This is at your institution. What do you need to hear from me so it was worth your time? What, like, because what we have to understand, and I heard Dr. Leonard Morris say this at the, at the Black Student Athlete Summit. He said when he was teaching, he said one thing that he always understood was he was looking at his consultants as he was looking at his classroom because we had, he had different cultures. He had different religions brought up. And we had just a vast group of individuals that have expertise for this generation. So for me, primarily, and I mean, the, the, the title student athlete development, so it sounds good. It has a good ring to it. But ultimately, what I'm really doing is I'm leaning into the student athlete, because they're the true leaders. And they're the ones who know what they need to get to the next level. Sometimes they might not have the strategy to put it all together, or they might have they might have the ingredients, but they don't know what it looks like in recipe form. So I just go in and just share what my transition was. I share what the struggle was. I say, well, maybe try this strategy or maybe try that. And then ask me a question if you have one. But ultimately, the, the mission for me is to successfully help 1 million student athletes in partnering with high schools and colleges and universities, of course, of course, <laughs> but help 1 million student athletes succeed from, from college to career transition. So I, I just want that to be possible because I think if we do that, then once again, going to that residual model or going to compounding interest, if you will, then they'll be able to empower so many more other individuals as well. So that's the mission I'm on. And I mean, that's really what it's all about for me. I love the mission. Let's start there because it is definitely needed. It is sorely needed. 
But the other portion you said about that that I love is that they may know the recipe, but we have to give them the ingredients. What are those ingredients that a student athlete mm. needs? And I say this importantly so because it's not so much that the athlete knows it. We also have to know it to enforce it in our student athletes. Mm. So what would be some of those ingredients that a student athlete is needing to be able to make that transition from high school to college to career? Well, one one without a shadow of a doubt is understanding just relationships, just just value the people you come in contact with. I, I've heard it said often and 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 we, we all might have heard it said often, but, you know, you want to greet the janitor all the way up to the CEO. But I'm a firm believer. Let, let's just let's not just greet him, but let's build a relationship like like here. Like, like, let's find out if the janitor has a dog. Let, let's find out if, if the CEO, you know, has a partner or a spouse or whatever that might be. And let's let's see how ultimately we can connect and then add value. Because at the end of the day, if you make yourself indispensable, and this, this, can, this is, and I'm putting it in the team dynamic sense, but if an individual is to make oneself indispensable, and that ultimately just means people can't live without you. If you're that person, People won't live without you. They'll do what they need to do to make sure that you make it into the fold. So I think first and foremost, we have to build a relationship. The second part is we have to make ourselves indispensable. And sometimes to do that, we have to humble ourselves. And that, and I was that guy. When I played junior college, I was the guy who was indispensable. I'm sacrificing my body. I'm giving all the fouls. I'm sliding across the floor. I'm getting beat up in practice. Like I did everything I needed to do. But at the end of the day, we won a national championship. I was closer towards the end of the bench. But at the same time, I got a ring like everybody else. So build relationships, make ourselves indispensable. And then the, the last one I'll say, because, you know, I like to give three points, Coach Chelsea. got to give three. It, it, it. <laughs> it would be to never plateau. Never plateau. Mm. Because, yes, you can, be, you can be a five-star recruit. That's great. What do your grades look like? You can be a 4.0 student. Great, great, great. Five-star, 4.0 student. Excellent. Okay, now let's take time and identify some passions. Let, let, let's identify a potential area of interest that you have that you might want to pursue after you graduate when you transition on. So we can now start doubling down. We can now start doubling down into that while we're, while we're still at college, while we're still in high school. Because the sooner you identify these things, then you'll be able to set yourself up for success and equip so many others. I think that's golden. And those three points, one for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Spirit. How about that? <laughs> that works. No, but I think it's amazing. And, and you, I love your extensions because so much we give the advice on the surface. But I love mm -hmm. how we've all heard it, you know, greet the janitor the way that we do the CEO. But to add that relationship piece, and I'm that way. I mean, and it could honestly just mm -hmm. be the Southern Bell in me. I don't care. I'm talking to you because let me tell you, shout out to Mr. Jimmy and all of our, you know, custodial staff who works to help me. And I'm talking to them honestly more than I would maybe my administration because I know for the simple fact that we can all learn from them. And we do, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. so these young people have to understand that, especially in this place that we live in. And I say young people, but honestly, as adults, too, that it's not about us. It's really not about us. And so mm -hmm. often these young people, they do, they're so self-absorbed and they don't make the, the things about the, the greater point. But the other portion you said was never plateau. And that's just not for student athletes. That's for us too. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to ever grow. We have to continue to learn and move. And it starts with simply just being able to want to move and learn. So I think those points were amazing, my friend. Thank you know, you. I see you speaking. I see you, you know, motivating. I see you going here and there all over the country, making people better. 
that tends to run a servant leader tired. It let, runs us ragged. So when you find yourself funky, <laughs> and I love to ask this question because as leaders, we have to continue to conserve one another's oil. How do you refill your cup once you are pouring out every day in so many capacities? What do you do to refill your cup? So I'll take a nap for one. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll be the, I'll be the first to tell you that I have no problem taking a nap here or there. Um, but there, there are certain times to where I've been drained looking at social media, being online. And, and sometimes, I mean, I just don't want to, I don't want to have screen time or be any of these places, but in, in, in those moments, th- those will be really when, when I really will just rest at, at time, I'll, I'll go and do a workout. I'll take time and, and I'll, I'll turn on some TV and, and do something that's completely mindless, something that, that has nothing to do with, I guess, me giving anything in, in that time or in that moment. So, so even, you know, maybe going for a walk and I used to run, but then I stopped. So I need to get back to run. I need to get back to running because because running was one of those things like I felt it was it, it was refreshing. And at the same time, I felt like God was really speaking to me when I when I was running. So I really need to get back out there running, actually. But those would be the things that, that, that I do something just mindless. And then sometimes in the middle of the day, I'll just take the I'll just take the day off. If I feel that just drained and that overwhelmed or I'm like, mm, yeah, nope, we're going to we're going to try again tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be the day. But today I have to I have to clock out. So those would be what I do. I think those are great points. And, you know, you just reminded me of something, uh, Coach uh, Coach Terry uh, with Virginia Union, she had sent me something like that yesterday. And I was like, you know, you are so right. And it was just like, you better use those PTO days because when you're gone, <laughs> trust me, they're going to place you immediately. And I'm like, yes, we run, we run, we run, and we push and we push and we push, but we cannot pour from an empty cup. And so I think even though, you know, I chuckled, but you're right, we have to lie down, take a nap and be still sometimes to refuel and recharge. We cannot help somebody if we don't help ourselves. So I think those are great points um, to ponder and and some that I'm a mental note check myself that I have to make sure I keep doing too as a servant leader. You know, when people take a look at us as leaders, they take a look at social media, they see our pictures, they see our streams, they see what we're doing in all of our endeavors. And they feel that everything is aligned. They feel that we have it right that all things on all cylinders are flowing, especially when we look at young people and they're watching us. There Mm. for everyone have been some valley moments. There for everyone has been some trials and tribulations. Can you talk to us a little bit? We wanna get deep in your business, but can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, a trial or valley moment where you know, where people say, I know that was nobody but God that brought me through. Hmm, wow. Well. I, I won't go too too far back, but I but I'll just take it to, to the beginning of the pandemic because I think that, that that there's a lot of a lot that might resonate there for I know a lot of individuals. But at the beginning of the pandemic, Coach Chelsea, I had not spoken to any any take that back. So I spoke to a few athletic organizations, but initially I was running from speaking to student athletes. I was like, I don't want to speak to them. I guess I just was turned off by it at the time. I'm not sure exactly why, but at the beginning of the pandemic this was when I was building this whole thing out because I was speaking typically to just college students, college leadership students for the most part. But that was when the transition hit. And this was when I was printing t-shirts and this was when I was trying to make flyers and graphics. And, and I had all this stuff that I had in the closet, all this old equipment I was trying to sell on Facebook marketplace, trying to sell my clothes and nobody bought none of it. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, God, I got to pay these bills. Like something has to, something really has to shake. And then that was when I reached out and, and that was when I started my podcast. And that was when I reached out to a school to see how I can add value. 
because once again, like I'm trying to make ends meet. I'm legitimately trying to make ends meet freshly married. Okay. And even in addition to that, the money that I was getting, I was sending out, I was sending out books to coaches, to people in athletic departments, just to, to build relationships and just to get connected. And then God came through with opportunity and the opportunity came in the form of Dr. Russell, who, who was uh, the former player development coach at Vanderbilt. And she gave me opportunity to speak to, to her team. And I spoke on mental health. And then from there, then there was another opportunity that came up. And literally, God has floated us through through the pandemic and to this point to where we are now. And I mean, I'm so grateful because it, it, it was to the point of where right before the bills were due, right before we needed something to come through, and then it came through. And then going again to the next, and then it came through. And I'm like, oh, my God. So just being able to look back and being able to reflect and it's like, wow, God did that. God has sustained us. So the, that that's a, that's a time where, I mean, it, it wasn't nothing but God because, you know, opportunities aren't always just presented there. But I mean, when you're, when you're showing up and when you're working and you're, you're, people are seeing the work that you're doing and people want to be a part and they want to help impact lives, then I think God, I, I would have to say, I think, I think God blesses, I don't want to say God blesses hustle, but I mean, uh, yeah, you will say that. And I will notate that because there's always a punchline every conversation. And that's it. Because let me tell you, that is Jonathan Jones definition and translation of faith without works is dead. That's exactly what it was. God blesses your hustle. He does. If he sees you moving and I tweeted this out the other day, if you do your natural, God will do the super. If you do your natural, God will handle wow. the super. But we sit here and we pray, God, can you please do this? Oh, I need you to do this. Lord, I'm struggling. And it's like, okay, I got it. But I'm waiting on you. I'm just waiting. It's like we've all been a part of group projects. I couldn't stand them growing up. But we've all been there. With you <laughs> and you're waiting on somebody else. Like, mm. And God is sitting there saying, all I'm wanting you to do, you can have faith. That's great. But I need you to move. And so God does bless your hustle. And that that's amazing. You you need to notate and jot that down for your next book or TED Talk or whatever, because that is dope, okay? I love it. And speaking Amen. about um, mental health and also beyond the ball, another mm-hmm. one of those facets that you are doing every day, and it's amazing. And actually being, a, being blessed to be, uh, you know, a guest on that. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, the purpose behind beyond the ball, when that started, but the key piece there, why is mental health a topic? that you feel was necessary for you to speak on and it's necessary for all of us. Certainly. So beyond the ball, three points, once again, focus on stories, strategies, and successes uh, to ultimately help student athletes succeed beyond their degree. So the, the, the purpose with beyond the ball is, is just those things, bringing on guests who have stories um, that, that are, that are different and all across the spectrum. And of course, through the, through the midst of somebody sharing a story, I'm going to pull out the strategy. I'm going to identify what the strategy was, or they might identify what it is. And then the success comes along the way. But ultimately, I just wanted to show student athletes other ways or other potential opportunities for them to be able to leverage skills, be able to leverage sport, and then to have success from it. And in addition to the mental or just answering the mental health question, uh, mental health is, is, is big for me uh, because for one, uh, on my senior year, I mean, things were going downhill for me. I, I isolated myself. I, I shut myself out from everybody. I was just excessively drinking and I didn't want to be a part of the team that I was on. And 
you know, I, I was in really a dark space. I was just really in a dark space. And, and during that time, uh, that, that was when no, no teammate really could reach out to me because I, I, I distanced myself. So I, I, want, I want it to be brought to the forefront. So if there is a student athlete out there who hasn't had the conversation, or if there is a student athlete out there who's not, a sh not a sure of how to put in words what I currently feel, then I wanna create that platform and create that opportunity to where if I can connect with them, great. Or if me having the conversation sparks that in them to where they wanna reach out, they wanna ask questions, then that's a, a, a pivotal piece for me just because mental health now, understand that one out of four Americans, it, one out of four Americans in some way, shape or form has experienced or knows somebody with, with mental illness. Like we, we have to have the conversation more. I think that is amazing. And I appreciate you for that. I, you know, there's been, you are one of them. There's been a couple of other coaches that have come on and talked about that um, intentionally. Uh, Rashawn Ali and mm -hmm. Anitra Burton. It's important. And we say even Vince, you know, you connect me with Vince and he has been on a couple times. He was on that day and he was like, God plus therapy. And I think that, you know, one of the hardest things, especially if you grew up with a foundation of faith, there is a mindset, there is a stigma that if I pray, I can't, you know, I can't go over there and worry about my mental health. I just got to mm. pray about it. And you and I both know that it is 2021. That is just not the case there. It's okay. Cause you know why God gave us <laughs> these, you know, mental health therapists and, and that's okay. Why do you feel one, it is much like I just said, hard for coaches and leaders of faith to realize that it's okay to seek guidance when they need some help in the mental health spectrum. Um, and B, with that, what would you say to them to encourage them that that is actually okay as we work to normalize that? I think it's one of the downsides of tradition because if, if even if we look at the, the, the church, and I'm only using the church because I think it's one of the clearest examples that sometimes we can get so caught up and this is the way that we've done things. This is the way that we've evangelized. This is the way Come that on. we move the mission forward and, and, and just staying with that. And then ultimately when you do that, you're, you're shutting out the innovative ideas. You're shutting out um, conversations that could come up because we're so stuck in, this is the recipe. This is how we get it done until COVID hit. And yeah, this was how we did church, but now what are you gonna do? Now, how are we gonna get innovative and how are we gonna find other ways to put other people in place as opposed to if, that already was a conversation that was happening, then you wouldn't have to be reactive, but you were proactive. So uh, understanding that, I just would encourage coaches, like we have to allow players to let us see that we're human. We have to allow players to see that we mess up. We have to allow players to know and understand we're wrong. And we're wrong a lot of times. And a lot of Coach Chelsea, <laughs> yeah. let, let, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pull, I'm gonna pull the talk, blanket back on this one. I'm Go gonna pull ahead, the talk. blanket back. We, we have to let people know that a lot of us out here, we're figuring it out just like some of you all, some of the players, That's we're right. figuring out just like you. We just have a few more years in it, a few more years of mess ups, if you will. So now we can point to this, say, don't do this, don't do that, but. I think that's where we have to really get as people because yes, there are some student athletes who are out there and who are like, coach, well, I think we should run this play. And that student athlete might actually be right. Coach, it's okay for that individual to be right. You want to have educated players on your team. That's right. <laughs> it, it just makes sense. But when, but when we allow, when we allow that, that when we allow that pride to come down a little bit, when, when we allow just wanting to be the one to take credit for the win to come down a little bit, then we can progress because they're, there's so many people with innovative ideas, but at the same time, they have no space to share them. 
I mean, like, like there's assistant coaches with gyms on gyms on gyms. They got playbooks, just like the coach on that movie Waterboy. But then he never had the opportunity. And then the coach just took it. And then he came back. And then the student came back and triumphed the teacher because the teacher did not allow a safe space for the student to thrive. And I think that's what it's all about. We have to create safe spaces. It's, it's just simple ABCs. We have to always be caring and understand that these are people. And what do these people need to be successful? If it's mental health strategies or talking with a mental health, health professional, well, let's go get to mental health professional. Coach, you're, you're the coach over the X's and O's as well as you're the coach who's the one coordinating the people pieces that need to be in place to make sure that this student athlete is successful from point A to point B. So we have to make sure that happens. I'm stepping down off my soapbox now. <laughs> hey, you're good. Cause look, I endorse, I am coach Chelsea and I approve that message. Okay. I endorse that soapbox because it's necessary. And I think it's right. I mean, all that in that show was great, but if you missed all of that key peace in mind, be a safe space because you're missing out on a lot of creators that hit so different and i already know when i go back and listen to the replay like i always do that's gonna hit me in a totally different way and i think that was amazing you know coach i always talk about normalizing coaches of faith if somebody were to ask me the theme of why did god give you this platform why is this what you do one because god told me to uh if technology was not messing up you see the little three-stripe caricature but that is not me this is all god and in that, the whole focal point is normalizing coaches, leaders, and athletic professionals of faith. Why? Because sports is one of the, if not the only thing, one of the main things that brings all backgrounds together to at least try to have a conversation. But unfortunately, it is another space to where it places this barrier, almost like that silent fence for a dog, it places that barrier, that unspoken thing that says, I'm not telling you not to talk about it, but, right? So how do you feel? What are some points? And you may have three for me and that's fine too. What are some points <laughs> or some pointers we could give coaches and leaders to try to normalize this thing of faith? Understanding it's not about standing on a soapbox and saying, hey, this is what scripture said, hey, do this, but being okay with walking and leading in love and understanding that faith is our foundation. Definitely. Um, so I think one, one way um, that, that I've just thought about it and just through through conversations um, is just understanding that, that we all have an anchor. OK, and, 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 I, and I know this is Servant Leadership Podcast and I, I know we're put not, not I'm, I'm about to say I know we're not pushing Christianity, but ultimately that is our anchor. And, and I know for some people, their anchor might look different, but we have to normalize the fact that as we're going through times of social unrest, as we're going through times of uncertainty, as we're going through times where we don't have all the answers, well, we have to show people where our answer is coming from or what is the thing that helps level on, us out. We, we, we have to help people understand that this is the thing that, that levels us out after we lost a game, but we're still able to be joyful the next day because yes, this was a game. Yes, we wanted to win this game. Yes, we put in practice and invested time and all these things. But at the end of the day, this is not the game that, that's going to determine our eternity. That The game that's going to determine our eternity is winning souls. So ultimately, we, 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 we need to normalize the faith so people can help find an anchor, right? So helping people find an anchor. Also, understanding that the only solution to serve all of the problems of the world is literally the blood of Jesus. Because just like you said, Coach Chelsea, yes, we, 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 
yes, we talk about faith over here. And then on this other side, we can talk about sports where, you know, it might have black people, white people, orange people, purple people wearing different jerseys and they might be in the same space. But even on this side, when we, when we talk church, and, and this is, this is going to be a slight challenge, but even on this side, we talk church, we still have to show people what it really looks like to love, love, oh love white, love black, love purple, love green, because it, now, now is the time. Like now is the time. The, the, the word tells us that ultimately, if we're true disciples, we'll be identified by our love. If, if you're not loving, so love is love is one of the things that speaks so loud, but at the same time, it can be so silent. If somebody's crying at a funeral, somebody's hurting, somebody's just broke, somebody might just need a hug. Just like somebody just might need just a, a hug. And you don't have to say much. You don't have to say nothing to hug somebody. You just hug them. And some people just start crying. It's like, why is that person crying? Because this is something that they needed. They needed some love. And this love is filling a void that's there. And I mean, the last part, I think it's really just service. For me personally, I, I consider service being the shortcut to success, but service is what it's really all about. Because when you serve, when, when you serve, you're eliminating yourself out of the situation. Because when you serve, you're putting yourself in a position where you have to do what's undesirable. When you serve, you're the one cleaning the floor. When you serve, you're the one picking up the trash. When you serve, you're the one giving people meals or whatever it might be, whatever your service is. Service can be coaching, whatever it might be. But when you serve, you're eliminating yourself and showing people that it's not all about me, me, me. Look what I'm doing. Look where I'm at. Look at all these things. But ultimately, it's about what you're giving to somebody else. So that would be uh, what I would just share there, Coach Chelsea. I can't with you. I can't deal with you today. I'm not. I'm not dealing with you, okay? Because listen, in a minute, I'm about to just put this thing on mute and say, keep going. A, a whole word, right? Coach down here said, Coach up said, this is a word. I said a whole word. And it is because that is, you know, you are never going to be wrong speaking about faith on, on here, okay? That this is the place for it. And then you already jumped into the way I end my show, uh, asking about serving leadership, but I love that. Service is the shortcut to success. I don't mm -hmm. care how high you think you're going to go if you are not willing to serve, right? Come on now. We know Jesus Christ, what he stand for, his power, his position that he holds, and he was not afraid to serve. He was the greatest example of a servant leader. So if he can, what makes us think that we cannot? Golden, my brother, mm -hmm. golden. All right, I'm gonna put a pause in for a second because of course, naturally, this is MLK holiday and a couple of my coaches and everything are able to come back and fellowship me. I don't want to be rude. Coaches, do y'all have any questions or comments or anything for coach? If you do, let them rip before I uh, keep going. I just want to make sure that you guys are good today. All right, just want to make sure and my respective of time and persons. So this is MLK. And I was so thankful because it honestly, I did not go in with the mind of having you today. But once it was done, it was like, it's perfect. It's perfect. And you know, all of those, if you are truly who God has placed to be here and have a conversation with me on the servant leader, you embody what the spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. does. But in speaking about him, and we see the post going up today to celebrate and commemorate him, we know the numerous actions and acts that he did and bestowed that will always resound over gen generations to come. When you think about his legacy, when you think about his fight and you think about his dreams, I don't want to say dream. I know he says, I have a dream, but his dream. Mm -hmm. How do you push yourself further? And what do you take from that 
to catapult you to try to take his dreams to reality. Wow. Yeah, I'm so, coming for you. <laughs> so as you were saying that, and I'm, I mean, absolutely no disrespect by, by saying this, and I just want to just put that out there, but as you were saying that, I just, I just picture like a bunch of individuals just standing on top of each other's shoulders and they're looking over a wall and I see him at the bottom and, and I see him at the bottom because he, he was one of the, he was one of the forefathers in, in this, in this fight for, for, for civil rights. And of course we know that there were many other people who were, who were linked with him as well. Some were unnamed, but just thinking about all of the work that he put in and him getting beat up and him getting battered, him getting bruised and, you know, going to jail and all these other things. I think you would be a disservice to not show up big. And, and I, I, th- I think you'd truly be a disservice for, for everyone out here. Um, j- just, just thinking about the, the pressure that we might be under. And then thinking about the pressure that that him and and all those other leaders who were moving the civil rights movement forward. So the the, the thing I really want to just just push everybody on and just challenge everybody. And if it makes you uncomfortable, great. Uh, I think I did my job. But I, but I think it, it it's like we have the opportunity to truly blossom as a buttery popcorn kernel. But sometimes I think we allow ourselves to be so complacent as the seed at the bottom of the bag, because if, 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 you're, if, if you're if you're at the bottom of the bag, then I mean, you're, you're relaxing. You know, you're, you're the one that's not under pressure. You're the one that's not under fire. You're the one that's not under heat. But if you're the one that gets popped, then, then that means you had to get pushed to a certain point to where the stress of life, to where the pain of your purpose, to where just, I mean, the catapult of your calling had to get you to a certain place to where you felt so convicted that you had to move forward, that you had to start your podcast, that you had to begin speaking, that you had to start coaching, that you had to start investing back in the next generation, that you had to open up a nonprofit. So I, I want us to understand that today. I don't want you, I want you to get eaten. I want you to get eaten eaten up because you should be a buttery kernel. I want you to get eaten up. I don't want you to be the one to where a guy's looking down. He's like, golly, I've gave you so much. I said, you were created in my image and this is what you do. You're a seed, but you don't want to, you don't want to flourish. You're a kernel, but you don't want to pop. I mean, I'm giving you a little bit of pressure, but golly, I mean, it was just a little bit of pressure to give you the tools and the strategies that you needed so that you could really get to the next level. Because I knew ahead of time, because like he said, I came before you and I knew what was coming later. So ultimately, we have to understand that, yes, there's pressure. Yes, there's pressure in your marriage. Yes, there's pressure in you coaching. Yes, there's pressure in you creating a culture. Yes, there's pressure in you having to deal with this one knucklehead. But ultimately, that one knucklehead that you're dealing with, you're having to invest so much in them because you are a knucklehead. And then ultimately, as you pour into that individual, then that knucklehead turned into somebody who creates a movement. So I I want everybody to, to really be somebody who doesn't live for the moment doesn't live for the hashtag, but we, we start to create some movements because we have the ability. We have the information. This is 2021. I, I, there, there, anything that you really want to do, you can find on YouTube and anything you really want to learn, you can search it. And it's been in a book and it's probably been written a hundred times over. So I want us to get eaten up like a buttery popcorn kernel with extra butter. That's all I'm saying. I'm about to take my shoe off. And I'm about to throw it at the screen, okay? Because see, you showing out. You are showing out. I'm like, Coach Kendra, she's like, he went there. Yes, he went there, back, came back around. 
come on. I had no idea where you were going with that. And I'm sitting over here. I'm trying not to jump out of my chair. And I'm laughing because my brother, uh, minister and coach Dennis, who's on here, he literally sat straight up, right? <laughs> because that was a whole word. And it comes from pressure. And I think that's the biggest piece that got me and moved me in that. There were so many nuggets, but we, we aren't willing to do the hard things. We're not willing for the trials to come. We're not okay with the valley moments. We're not okay with the pressure, right? And so necessarily, as you said, we want you to be eaten as these buttery kernels. But flipping back to the word, right? It's like that song say, please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. <laughs> when God gets through with me, I shall come for this pure gold. But I promise you this, gold that just pop out there without mm. pressure. Gold and diamonds don't pop out there without pressure, without hard times. It just does not happen. And I don't think I've ever heard that explained this way. I had to let that breathe for a minute. You are something else. See, <laughs> I think that? you're trying to come back at me. <laughs> like when, when I was on Beyond the Ball, I think that's what you're doing today. And I'm okay with that, man. I appreciate it because you truly are dropping some necessary nuggets today. That's what I'm going to call them necessary nuggets. You know, I always like to ask this question. And I was talking to a coach of mine the other day. And I said, this sounds so simple to finish this sentence, right? But so often because of things in life, because of the hard moments, we fail to realize in our current situations that God is still the same God in the current situation that he was in the last one. There will always be trials. There will yeah. always be hard moments. There will always be valley moments. And we forget so quickly that the same God that delivered us from the past situation can also deliver us from our current situation. And so what I do, and it's a practice of myself, that if I try to find myself getting off kelter for a while, allow my faith to slip, I just simply say God is, and I let it rip. Mm. I fill in that blank with everything that I think, know, believe him to be. And so I'm asking you, Mr. Jonathan Jones, if mm. I were to say God is, how do you fill in that blank? Mm. Wow. And I'm going to brace myself too. Because see, when you do that, when you start thinking, and, and, and pondering for a moment, I already know. It's like when they used to, the old guns, they used to put the gunpowder in, <laughs> but I already know you That's so funny. I would say God, God is insurmountable. And I mean, because I, I honestly was gonna answer it and just say God is blank. I was just gonna answer it back with you just with the blank, because that's the thing that I think we really have to, well, not even really wrap our head around because we can't, the, the word says he's a mystery. So un understanding that, we, we just have to really get to the headspace and understanding one, that we will never figure out God because if we could, then we would be God. But outside of that, I, I wanna say God's insurmountable because the, the times I've been in that space, just like you were, and you know, get to that space of where it, it, it's a big challenge. It's something that's tough. It's something that's hard. Or are we gonna make ends meet? Or what about the bills and this and that? And then if we really just reflect on what happened last time. If we just really reflect, because Coach Chelsea, I so I, I was talking with my wife. I'm, I'm gonna say this, and this is gonna this is my final one. This is my final no, one. No, say it, say it. But I but what, it was it was one Saturday morning. I was sitting there and I was talking with my wife, and you know we just got through doing our Bible study, and I was like, wow. <clears throat> and I just began to think of where I was last year. Last year at the time when we were reflecting, I was like, wow. I was waking up at three o'clock in the morning, going to UPS, tossing 
75 pound boxes and tossing pineapples in a box. And, and I was like, wow. And then reflected a year before and I was working at a group home, you know, working an overnight shift, going in at 12, getting off at eight. And then I fast forwarded back to today and I'm like, wow, I get to wake up now, you know, wake up on my own time. And then I'm working for myself and I'm not doing, I, I'm not having to do something that I don't necessarily want to do, but I get the opportunity to do what I love to do. So when we just really reflect, then we just continue to put another win on God's track record. Because at the end of the day, God loves, as I heard one, one pastor say, God loves when the cards stacked against him, because that's just another opportunity for him to flex. Come on. I mean, that's, I mean, that's really just it because like really just just really just think about it coach just just think about like just just think about you being like a kid right and then let's say you're about to arm wrestle like a grown man and you're like a, a kid so the grown man is letting you push he's letting you pull he's letting you you know he's smiling he's laughing he lets you get his arm all the way down to one side and then he pins you and i and, and i think sometimes God really allows us to get to that point. It's like, are you going to ask for help yet? Are you going to ask for help? Are you going to say you need me? You know, okay, you don't, I guess you don't need me. Oh, you're going down, you're going down, you're going down. No, okay, you finally, you want, you want to tap me in? Do you need me? Okay, tap me. Okay, cool. Let, so I can take over. And then boom. So, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. That's why God's so, that's why God's undefeated. That's why God's insurmountable. Because, you know, the temporary problems, pain that we're looking at, that we're seeing, that we're facing, God just waiting for us to tap him in so that he can get the dub. Come on now. <laughs> See there? I, I'm telling you, and I thought about this, two points to that, because there's some, I'm not going with three, but two points to that. You know, when you connected me with Vince, shout out to Vince uh, on his community conversations. And so he asked me what resilience was. And it was so funny because you know me from talking with you. I literally do not like to prep. For interviews. I like to just let God move much like you and have his way. And he asked me what resilience was. And my answer was resilience is God's way of getting this stage to flex. Mm. And I'm laughing because yeah. of what you just said. It's it, it, resilience is that center stage for people to say, how does she do that? How is she about? Wait, you mean to tell me she went through that? She was sick. This happened and she's still standing? She, how are you doing that? And once the stage is set, everybody is paying attention. You are able to tell them God did it. The second part to that is when you talked about timing and how God moves and he's just waiting on us. You know, I was listening actually online and that's what I love the pandemic has done is allow you to be able to worship in so many places that you probably mm -hmm. would have never been able to because in person you're at your church. And, you know, the minister was talking about, okay, we sing it. He's an on time God. Yes, he is. Okay, is he? Is he? Because we sing it, but if he's truly an on time God, and then not only do you say he's on time God, this is where he got me. He said, but then you come back and say, oh, yes, he is. So that means you really knew because you second the emotion. He said, so if you say he's an on time God, then you come back and say, oh, yes, he is, which is confirmation. Why is he not? on time because he's not working on your time. And that's mm. all I heard resound in my head when you said that the ability that we we so quickly lose our faith in him being able to be on time and be able because he's taken a long time in our book. And as I told people before, if it's not from God, I don't want it. I that's don't want it prematurely. We know what happens 
with a premature birth. We mm. understand what happens with pregnancy and development. And so we understand what happens when that baby that that mother is bearing does not fully develop. I don't want a blessing from God that's premature. I don't want him to fix something prematurely for me. I want it in his time. And when I say he's an on-time God, mm. and then I back it up with, oh, yes, he is. I'm going, since I know that, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy while I'm waiting. But I promise you, I'm going to wait on his time clock and not the one I'm wearing on, on my wrist. Golden. Golden, my brother. <laughs> oh, goodness. So we're going to start to try to wrap it up a little bit. You already answered um, you know, one of my closing questions about servant leadership. And I think that's amazing because it is one that I hadn't heard. And if you are just tapping in or you fast forwarded, he, my brother says service is the shortcut to success. And I love that. So he already went ahead and talked about servant leadership for that. But this pandemic was the one thing that unified us, even if you didn't want to be. You are in it. I don't care where you live. I don't care what mm -hmm. you do. I don't care where you come from. I'm, I don't care how much money you make. The pandemic is here. And we're all in it, all right? And so because of that, I've heard people say, it's given me more time to do this. I've heard people say, I've discovered this about me. I've heard all of those things. The pandemic truly has been a blessing to me. I tell people, you know, they said, pastors said 2020, it's gonna be 2020 vision. It was, because mm -hmm. you don't like what you saw. Again, Ooh. it goes back to, he's an on-time God. Oh, yes, he is. So if he is, that vision came and he wrote it and made it plain, but are we reading? But when we talk mm. about the pandemic, what has the pandemic pandemic taught you, helped you gain, or given you more of? Ooh. So the, the pandemic has given me more opportunity. Uh just, just in regard to make make more not necessarily more of an impact, but but it's, it's been able to just create opportunity just cross country with, with individuals being able to, you know, hop on a car with, with teams on the drop of a dime as opposed to, you know, having to do travel preparations and things like that. But also it's really helped me become even more structured with my time. So it's allowed me to have more time uh, just getting structured and weeding out stuff that didn't really matter. Because before, I mean, I, here and there, I would go to events that I didn't really want to be at, but I would just go just for the sake of going. But since the pandemic, I've, I mean, I've been the ultimate homebody and only going out to, to go get groceries if, if we put in an order at Walmart or something like that. But the, the pandemic definitely has, has given me more, more of that. And, and also, I've had more time at home with my wife as well, because she, uh, she doesn't go into work as often as she used to. So uh, it, it's definitely given a lot of opportunity. And this being our first year of marriage, one of her prayers was that, you know, that we would have more time together. And uh, so God definitely answered that prayer. And, and we were here kicking it. That's what's up, man. I I appreciate you. I, I promise you, like literally when we get off, I'm going to go back and watch this again because I couldn't catch them <laughs> all trying to moderate. You know, I'm going to have to get me a co-host so I can sit here and take in all my little notes. But, you know, you have just been so amazing at what you do. Uh, you know, I, I wish you must, much success because not only student athletes, but everyone who leads, everyone who coaches, they need to hear this. They need to hear the wisdom that God has bestowed upon you, but your obedience is unmatched. Your obedience is unmatched. And I, I don't care in the mindset mind of it's too small or too big. It does not matter. You'll do it. And I, my prayers are going to continually be with you on the hunt for a million. And if there's anything that I can do, you definitely let me know. But could you please tell our listeners, where can they find you on social media? Where can they grab that book? Where can they subscribe to Beyond the Ball? Y'all, this brother is doing it all. So let them know where to find you, Jonathan. 
Thank you so much, Coach Chelsea. Uh, so I, I would I would encourage everybody just to go to my Instagram if you have Instagram and just look me up, Jonathan Jones speaks. And the link in my bio, you can you can get the free the free ebook I have on student athlete development. And then even in addition to that, the other link that's in there is Beyond the Ball. And I would encourage y'all to go find Coach Chelsea's episode because man, she came through there like a wildfire. But uh, yeah, that I mean, J- Jonathan Jones speaks on on, on everything uh, as well as that. That's my website and. Uh, connect with me if you're if you're on LinkedIn, if you're trying to build up your professional relationships and your professional connections, connect with me on LinkedIn. I love to connect with you all and love to hear more about each of you. Thank you, Coach Jesse. No, I thank you. And you were too kind. I'll say this. You mentioned that opportunity came. That was one thing that you were provided opportunity of so many things over this pandemic. And so I charge all listeners, all of those that are paying attention, please don't let these opportunities pass you by. So often we meet people and we try to get in contact with them for help. This is a brother who is willing to reach out, help you, talk with you, build you, build your programs. All right. And not just on any level, collegiate, pro, middle school, even down to the elementary school level. So do not allow this opportunity to pass you by. Find Jonathan Jones Speaks on all outlets. Jonathan, you are now part, you are already part of my family. You are now part of the servant leader family. And there's anything we could do you just reach out. And if you don't mind, we're going to bow our heads real quick and say a prayer before we get out. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you again for another chance and another time to get it right, Lord God. We know we don't have all the answers, Lord God, but we know that you are on time, God. Oh, yes, you are. And we're going to wait until you show up, Lord God. And we're going to listen when you show up, Lord God. And we're going to be still when you show up and let you move, Lord God. We ask right now that you bless all these coaches and leaders and athletic professionals, Lord God, as we work to normalize coaches of faith, Lord God. We understand just like Jonathan said that we have to be anchored so that people understand that we may not have the answers, Lord God, but we know who does. And so as we await those answers in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of social injustices and social unrest, Lord God, in the midst of bringing in a new political reign and regime, Lord God, we ask that you just heal this land, Lord God, heal our people, Lord God, but you allow us to show up and be the light in the midst of darkness so that people can find you. And yes, in Jesus' name, we will always pray. Amen. Amen. Jonathan, thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. You know all my contacts. If there's anything for that I can always do, reach out. And for those listening, we always appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.